0: Janmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores.
1: Hat trick. Game seven. Janmark
0: live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal, took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Thursday is the start of on ice sessions for the 2021-22 training camp for the Vegas Golden Knights. And there is a developing story that we are pleased to bring you a resolution to the Vegas Golden Knights have announced that fans will be allowed back inside city national arena for all practices. uh, And that starts on Thursday, 10 a.m. at city national arena. There's workouts on Friday and Saturday, uh, Preseason game on Sunday. The morning skates will take place at City National Arena. This is huge. First time since pre-pandemic that fans will be in attendance at City National Arena. And we'll get back to uh, that normal site of the, I would would assume would be uh, the stands being full at City National Arena. Darren Millar along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. This is Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show. And uh, yesterday the question came in our opening segment every Monday at 4 o'clock. It's uh, your opportunity to speak. The question came to us and the answer has been provided with an emphatic welcome back to the fans on Thursday. Huge, Ryan.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, you know, one of those indicators, I think, where we see where we're at in terms of getting back to normal. And, and normal is such a, such an interesting term that we've kind of strived for over the last couple of years in dealing with the pandemic. But getting to have fans in the building for practice, it's going to feel familiar. It's going to feel like, like what the first two and a half, three years were watching hockey in this city. And I just, I cannot wait to be in the building to have that energy and to see the fans getting to experience practice once again.
0: You must wear a mask, but you will be allowed in the building. And again, that's the first time since before the pause, which was two seasons ago. Think about that, how long it's been uh, for these players, for you to be in the rink, uh, watching your favorite uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, go through their routines over at City National Arena. Looking forward to uh, seeing all of our friends who uh, I've been meeting a little bit in and around City National Arena, uh, waving to the players, talking to the players as they come and go uh, from uh, Summerlin. But uh, on Thursday... We'll be able to be right in the, in the building with you. And Chris Chapman, Ryan Wallace, and I will be there as well, gaining uh, all the insight uh, to bring you the information on training camp on Thursday 4 to 6 on the VGK Insider Show. Top five at five. It is the culmination of another countdown. Today we hit number one, the biggest story in the National Hockey League this year and the number one story for the Vegas Golden Knights. And we will start with the VGK as we embark on training camp, which starts on Thursday, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the biggest story, I think, for the Golden Knights is Robin Leonard, right? It's, It's Robin Leonard as the number one goaltender Robin Leonard with the keys, to the Porsche, the keys to the car, the keys to the castle really, and kind of that that closing of the book of of the first iteration of the Vegas Golden Knights and and what they had in goal in Marc Andre Fleury and moving forward with Robin Leonard as the guy for at least the next four seasons.
0: Chapman How we knew this day was come. Yes. That there would be a, a transition from Marc-Andre Fleury, who is the number one goaltender for the first four years, into the next goaltender. Robin Leonard's an an interesting story in the sense that when first acquired at the trade deadline in year three, it was to give uh, an upgrade in goal should anything happen to Marc-Andre Fleury. But Robin Leonard and his journey has made him the next guy to take over. Did you see that on the horizon when they acquired him?
2: Well, it was, it was an interesting thing because when they are, like, as you mentioned, the team wasn't comfortable with the backup goalie for, for Marc-Andre Fleury and they felt they had a cup run in them. And so they go out and they acquire Robin Leonard and then about, what, two, three weeks later, everything shuts down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The whole world shuts down. There's no hockey. We don't know when we're going to see it again. And then the, the the word starts to come out. They're going to try to do this bubble in a couple different cities. And all of a sudden, the Golden Knights are thinking, hey, you know, we, we, we have an opportunity. We're, we're, going to, we're going to go for it. Then that doesn't pan out. But the following season, we hear this abbreviated season where they're only going to play 56 games and it's going to be very compact. So it made sense to keep Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury. I don't know if I could legitimately say when they acquired Robin Leonard that at this point where we are today, that he was going to be the guy and Marc Andre Fleury would would have been the one to be traded. My initial thought was, Okay, when his contract expires at the end of that season, they will they will let him let him walk and they'll find another backup like but they, they did They had
0: so year. much time to Analyze it and ponder it and think about it, that when they came back, when the National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon, everybody came back from the pause and went into it, one, you didn't know how everybody was going to play coming back uh, out of the pause, and number two, you had a chance to look at it from 30,000 feet, and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as much as anything, I, I think that pause help lead us to this transition that now Robin Leonard in year number five is the number one guy, Ryan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell you right now, when the trade initially happened for Robin Leonard, I didn't think that it would be um, the changing of the guard in net for the Golden Knights initially. I will say that during training camp, leading into the bubble, that is when I got the inclination, that's when when I thought to myself, well, if you're if you're going into this tournament and Robin Leonard is kind of showing out the way that he is in this this training camp and he is taking that next step and getting the crease for this bubble experience, I felt like that was the kind of the moment where I said, I could see this being robin leonard's net for the foreseeable future and that's the the first inclination that i had that this could be a thing that happened for vegas
0: so how much pressure do you think is on robin leonard this year
1: i i mean i i think there's a ton right like you know it's going to be every single win and every single loss and Mm -hmm. how many games he plays and how the tandem works with laurent brossois all of that stuff is going to be under a microscope because of how well everything worked last year for the Golden Knights when it came to goaltending. Because Lennar and Fleury worked so well, because Marc-Andre Fleury wins a Vezina on his way out uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, I-, I think that everything's going to be under a microscope, and there's a ton of pressure on Robin Lennar.
0: I think it's a huge advantage for Robin Lennar to have been here for a season and a bit. Yeah to be the guy taking over than to be the guy brought in to take over. He knows the situation. He's not naive. He realizes that there's a very large section of the fan base that loves Marc-Andre Fleury. And he's done, I think a a really uh, aggressive and uh, conscious uh, job of trying to win people over uh, with his social media and with the different, uh, uh, approaches that he's had. But knowing the coaches, knowing the city, knowing uh, the fan base, I think gives him an opportunity to hit the ground running this year, as opposed to the other scenario where uh, you bring somebody in from the outside to be that person to replace the face of the franchise. I I I do think it gives him a a slight edge.
2: That's a really interesting, I think dynamic too, because it's not something I thought of. The guy coming in from the outside who really has no idea what the expectations are, what the what the city is like. Robin Leonard's been here for, for almost two years. Mm-hmm. He has a full understanding of what's expected of him, the organization, the fans. He knows he, he's stepping into a, a really I I would say a difficult position because you have to replace the guy who was a fan favorite, but, but
0: he's already experienced yes, the, he's, the the noise. He's gone through of all Mark Andre
1: Fleury. That. Yeah,
2: it's not like you brought in a free agent yeah. who who doesn't understand any of that. That's actually, I think, a, that's b- very beneficial. I think for Robin Leonard,
1: I agree. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think it's certainly a better situation that he has been here and he has played on the same team with Mark Andre, and that's kind of led to a more gradual shift a more gradual transition than if it would have been, I don't know, say Robin Leonard under contract with the Chicago Blackhawks, Mark Andre Fleury under contract with the Vegas Golden Knights and making a trade one for one with no. both goaltenders and having Robin's first season be the one in which he's taking over and changing of the guard from Mark Andre.
0: So what's a successful year for Robin Leonard look like in 2021-2022?
1: I mean, it's interesting, like Robin Leonard over the last five years has just been so dang consistent that I I think we have our information, we have our writing on the wall, right? Like he's, he wins. A fair amount of games. He's he's been over the last five years a 918 save percentage goalie, just about uh just over uh 2.5 goals against average. Like Robin Leonard is is kind of one of those guys that that you know exactly what you're going to get. I think somewhere in the ballpark of you know I'd say 60 62 games to to kind of start for Robin and. I would imagine kind of pushing on the door of, of 40 wins is, is probably where I'd put him going into this season because he's just been so consistent and so good over the last five years.
0: I'm not sure he plays 60 games uh, because of the acquisition of Laurent Brassois, who's backed up uh, a Vesna Trophy winner himself uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and, and Connor Hallibuck. I think you'll see, because of the way the compacted schedule is, yeah. Ryan. And, yeah, that's like, fair. Like, like when, when you look at 82 games, uh, 60 is well within reason of playing, but it's so jammed in and around that
1: Olympic break. Uh, that, so, uh, so like you're looking at more more 50 to 55 somewhere I'm, in there.
0: I'm looking at 45 to 55.
1: Okay, all right, and yeah, I, and I don't think that that's that that may change.
0: That may change if, if he gets on a heater and you, and you ride him. Go, Well,
1: but, I, I wonder I wonder what the philosophy is going to be early on. So for the first two months of the season for the Golden Knights, it's not as compacted as what we saw last year. How much do you kind of try to get Robin into the groove and, and play him a little bit more early on in the season so that once everything's compacted in and around that Olympic break, you can kind of back off and yeah. ease off the amount of starts. And
0: I think that's the huge advantage of bringing in a Berçoise. Yeah. Who was yeah. used to doing that in Winnipeg with Connor Hellebuck. I don't think I don't think Leonard plays as much as Hellebuck did, and that's that's yeah. going to give uh, uh, Laurent Boursois, uh more action this year. But early on, their schedule in the first couple of weeks is very uh, light. Uh, I could see like, the, the, you would love to get Brossois in and make his mm-hmm. his first appearance, but it's it's so spread out that. I'm not sure Brassois sees a lot, of the, a lot of action early on in the first month of the season and then probably picks up after that. I think there's pressure on Robin Lander, but I also think mm-hmm. that you're, you're now in a spot that he's always wanted. He wanted the money deal, which is a sign of respect, and he wanted the number one job. He's, he's had a number one job before, but he's never had the long-term money deal, and he's never, uh, until last year... But he's yeah. never had them both at the same time. And that's what he has now. He's the number one guy, and he's got the money deal. And now he's got to put it all together to show that he can, he can handle everything. I, I love the look of him right now and, yeah. and the way he's uh, returned. And I can't wait to see how he translates and handles this weight, which is, quite frankly, an unenviable spot. to to be for anybody to be in
1: yeah i mean we've we've talked about how difficult it is to kind of be the next guy after you know a legend and you know we've we've talked about it a little bit in terms of the the new york rangers with igor shesterkin taking over for henrik uh lundquist we we've talked about it in terms of coaches how long and how much of of a process is it after taking over from a legend and you know with Marc-Andre Fleury everything that he meant to this organization it's certainly going to be different and unique as we go into training camp but I I think your point on Robin Leonard uh, is is well worth it or, or, or really well done in that this is what he's been playing for over the last five or six years this is what robin leonard has been striving for as a professional athlete to be the guy and to have that on his shoulders that pressure and i think that when it comes to pressure and when it comes to robin leonard i I do want to say that this is going to bring out the best in him i think that he's uh, the type of athlete that embraces that pressure and wants to prove that he can do amazing things i'm really excited to see how he comes into this season I think that he's in phenomenal shape, and it's going to be very fun to watch his progression over the course of this training camp going into the regular season.
2: Yeah, he kind of strikes me as a guy who who thrives off of people, maybe I don't want to say putting him down, but not believing in him. And I think that that kind of fuels him a little bit, like especially if you see some of the stuff he tweets out. it seems mm-hmm. like that that's one of those things that really gets him going. And of course, he made the comment last year after the 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 Montreal game where they won an overtime up in in Montreal where you know, it was about the people not believing in him, so he got there early to read the tweets. But I, I wonder, and hypothetically, and I don't know the answer, which is why I'll ask you, hypothetically, if he does not play in the Olympics, is that a benefit where he's going to get the time off, or would it be kind of a weird thing for him to have to stop, especially if he's in a groove where he's playing well, and then start back up yeah, again? Yeah, I don't
0: think it matters either way. Yeah. I, I really don't think like you've got the benefit of of playing high level competition and being in the mix of it uh, as opposed to rest now rest is a friend there's nothing better <laughs> than, than than rest but the experience of of going through that if if he's on that stage uh, I I'd never consider that a bad thing. I'll be curious to see how patient the fan base is yeah and and during the 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 ebbs and flows uh, of the season. Because the power play, the Olympics, uh, the center ice position, all these stories in and around the Vegas Golden Knights this year, there is nothing that will get the fan base going like goaltending and Robin Leonard after uh, watching Marc-Andre Fleury depart the organization. And that will be something that we will revisit every week, if not multiple times every week when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. It's it's certainly going to be a storyline and a talking point that I think is going to be ingrained in this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, I, I'm with you. I, as, as far as the fan base goes, I, I'm hopeful that as time goes on, uh, everything's kind of understood as as this is the transition. This is the new direction for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, it, it, as we've said many times here, um, the Golden Knights don't often lose games because of goaltending. And and I just I'm hopeful that as the season progresses that this isn't the the hot button issue that I know it's going to be should the Golden Knights lose a game. Should you you get a goaltending performance that maybe isn't exactly what you want it to be as a fan, I just hope that you can kind of pause and and take a moment after that and realize that regardless of of what you would have liked to have happened, this is the direction the franchise is going.
0: One fit, footnote here. Laurent uh plays a role in this too, to yeah. either uh, make sure that the level of play is at the same standard as Robin Leonard or picking up Robin Leonard yeah. w- whenever there's a, an ebb and flow. So that's also a big part of it, is what Laurent Bressois does coming in uh, to this situation. And I can't wait for that first time that the, the Crowder team mobile arena is chanting Panda. That will be a cool moment and maybe a sign of of, of, of turning the page. It, it's A long chapter uh, was written here before with, with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. You're not going to forget those headlines, but uh, I'm looking forward to those uh, first chance. Number one story in the Vegas Golden Night season, Robin Leonard, the number one story around the National Hockey League this year, is quite simply, Ryan, can the Tampa Bay Lightning three-peat become the first organization to win three in a row in the salary cap era?
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept and you know, it for me I want to say that they can. And and let let me kind of preface this by saying I fully recognize that what the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be this season is not what the Tampa Bay Lightning were the last 2 years in which they were able to win two consecutive Stanley Cups. They've still got the high powered offense, they've still got the game breakers in Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, take your pick really. They have lost a lot of depth. They lost their entire checking line. they lost important and key, key players in Tyler Johnson and and uh, and um, just just important players, Blake Coleman yeah. um, those types of guys that really do help you win hockey games when it matters, most. But I do like the additions of Corey Perry and pierre Edward Belmar. Again, not as dynamic as those other guys that have left, but I still like the makeup of this team. And until there's really a challenge in terms of the, the Eastern Conference, I think that we're likely going to see, for maybe the third year in a row, the Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, trying to find a way to beat Tampa Bay the Islanders are going to be. I I just think that this team, because you had kind of the rest going into the bubble and you had that tournament and, and really no travel in terms of, of what they had to deal with. And then you get those two back-to-back championships. I think they can three Pete. I think there's enough pieces there. They've got the best goalie in the world and they've got great defense. I think this team can do it.
0: They're in a good spot because of the fewer games that have been played. yeah I think that that helps out uh, right off the bat. Um, can they do it? Yeah yeah I, I think that there's a, a swagger about this team but this has been a long window. That's been a you go yeah. back to 2015 when they mm-hmm. can, they kind of first appeared on the uh, the Stanley Cup final stage uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's been going for a while for this team to finally break through, uh, and I just don't see anybody better than them in the Eastern Conference right now. Maybe have, yeah. You've got some teams that have improved a little bit, but nobody took a huge step in the Eastern Conference this season to say that's the team that should be able to take them down. So as much as anything, and I know that there's been some deletions from the Tampa Bay lightning because of the salary cap, but I don't think those hurt enough when compared to other rosters.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And and that's kind of, where I I look at the Lightning and I say there's an avenue for them to get back to, at at minimum, a Stanley Cup final. Because I just don't look at the Eastern Conference as having a team that, even on the best of days, are as good as Tampa four out of seven times in in a series. I just think there's there's too much um, culture of winning now when it comes to Tampa. There's too much knowledge of how to get it done that... I, I just look at this team and my expectation for them is that they're the best team in the Eastern Conference and they will go to a third consecutive Stanley Cup final.
0: It'll be tough. It'll be a, a real grind uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning once it gets into the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, what I love about them is there's, there's so many similarities to those Detroit teams. Uh, that had uh, the great run in the leadership uh, of Stamkos, the pillar on the back end in Victor Hedman, and arguably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League uh, right now, not to mention Point, who's under contract for the next eight years, not to mention <laughs> Kucherov, who I think is one of two or three players in, in the NHL this year that could give Connor McDavid a run. I don't think anybody can, but he's in that small group uh, that that might be able to do it. Uh, so I think that the the job that they've done with those players uh, as the core is pretty darn strong.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that there's a core in hockey that, that really has the dynamic game-breaking ability that the Tampa Bay Lightning seem to have, and then outside of the core... It's just been uh, the ability to to recognize what you need and adding those depth pieces when it matters most, and that's really where Julian Brisebois has been phenomenal as a general manager for this team.
0: Top five at five. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing along. Tomorrow, it's going to be one of those uh, quick ones. Uh, it's just going to be uh, the Mount Rushmore of the VGK for this 2021-2022 season. Who's your four that we put up on the side of the mountain. Start thinking about it as we continue. You want to give away the tickets uh, now, Ryan Wallace?
1: Yeah, I'm, let's I'm do getting it.
0: A, like a, a handwritten note from Chapman <laughs> that says, giving away tickets to the Sharks.
1: Okay. So we are, as you just heard, giving away a pair of tickets to preseason game number one, Sunday, September 26th, against the San Jose Sharks. Caller number three we were just talking about three Pete's. caller number three you have won 702-876-1340 is the number caller number three you're on your way to vgk versus san jose sunday september 26th
0: coming up next yarmer yager a topic of conversation it's news <laughs> and notes so uh, one-timers from the national hockey league on the vgk insider show
1: Onto to the near wing. Big shot he scores!
2: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day.
1: And it's a tie hockey
0: game.
2: On the BGK Insider Show. Hey, congratulations
0: going out to Yarmer Yager in his 34th professional season. He is off to a tremendous start. Scored four goals in the first five games for Cladno, team that he owns. Wow. And uh, is just cranking along. He only scored a couple of goals last season in 19 games. And so he's, uh, he looks rejuvenated. Looks, looks good out there. And he- here's the thing about Yarmar Yager. He has now scored 950 goals as a professional. 766 in the NHL. And another 184. 950 goals. And he's still cranking along and this is a guy that is 49
1: years old that's wild it's just ridiculous yeah absolutely crazy
0: uh, just thought i'd uh, bring that army. to your attention congratulations to army auger on the board uh for this uh 2021 2022 season for clad the clad knights who are back into the top division there uh we have kevin hayes uh felt something yesterday while skating with the philadelphia flyers and had an issue with his groin and had surgery today. And he's going to miss six to eight weeks uh, per Elaine Vigneault of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. So a uh, tough start for uh, Kevin Hayes, obviously uh, going through the personal tragedy with his family and now uh, out uh, six to eight weeks with the surgery on his groin.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one uh, for the, for the uh for the flyers just simply because you know again going into this year i feel like philadelphia is going to be better i feel like they're going to take strides from where they were last year but uh, losing a, a center iceman and kevin hayes certainly doesn't help that to start the year but you know you'll just need to rely a little bit more on uh on ryan ellis and and kind of the new additions for the Flyers and you're going to have to rely on Carter Hart to be much better than he was last year
0: mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the uh, status is of uh, being able to attend Philadelphia Flyers practices but uh, I just want to reiterate that starting on Thursday VGK fans at City National Arena can attend all on-ice workouts and uh, you can uh, go in watch training camp which starts at 10 o'clock and uh, then there's going to be a bit of a, a practice and then a scrimmage Uh, and practice will probably wrap up in and around noontime for the first couple of days. So 10 a.m. until noon, City National Arena. Wear a mask, and you can get in, and fans will be back uh, at practice at City National Arena for the first time uh, since before the pandemic. Uh, That's uh, starting on Thursday with the start of on-ice sessions for the training camp. Tomorrow's media day and uh, the medicals. We now know uh, that uh, Jonathan Duran left the Montreal Canadiens late in last season's uh, abbreviated schedule, 56-game schedule, missed all of the playoffs because he was uh, suffering from uh, some severe anxiety and he went public uh, with what he endured and how he handled it and was was quite honest about it and I love what he said in the statement was he was proud of himself for standing up for himself and and by himself. Uh, and when I mean by himself, he he stood there in firm support of of that decision. Which, as it went along, watching your teammates go all the way to the Stanley Cup final, one you're, you, there's a would be a natural sense that you're missing out. Number two is could you help them or a help could have helped them uh, in that series against the the Tampa Bay Lightning. So there's that. But uh, really impressed with the, with the conversation that he offered up and the reasoning for why he stepped away during uh, such a uh, a difficult time in his life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's the sign of a very mature young man in in Jonathan Drouin to to understand kind of what he needed in that moment, and and it's hard to step away. I think from from something that you've done every single day for the majority of your life, and something that you you know, you you get paid to do in the camaraderie of your teammates. But the fact of the matter is uh, you you have to be enjoying the process. You have to make sure that if you're dealing with anxious feelings, you you do what needs to be done in order to kind of set all that right. And I'm glad to see that Jonathan Druen kind of uh, took care of himself because that's so important, especially during... You know, the last 18 to 20 months that have been so stressful on everybody, um, it's good to see. And I think it normalizes that if you're dealing with anxious feelings, if you're dealing with anxiety in general, um, it's okay to take a step back and put yourself first.
0: Tank, sounds like he's going to be with the St. Louis Blues this year. I don't think it's a big deal because he's like skating with with the guys in St. Louis, getting ready for training camp. Uh, Much publicized that he's asked for a trade. Uh, Doug Armstrong admitted uh, and confirmed that uh, with the organization uh, and the media. Uh, But Craig Berube said a couple of weeks ago he expects Vladimir Tarasenko to be wearing the St. Louis Blues uniform this year and Ryan O'Reilly, the captain of the St. Louis Blues uh, was asked about it and says there's no hard feelings with uh, Tarasenko and his trade request did admit that the, that the two of them had a talk and he said that he thinks Tarasenko wants to be there and while the trade request occurred there's no real uh, resentment there on behalf of the the rest of the team
1: you know, I'm not really I'm surprised uh, that, that Ryan O'Reilly kind of spe- speaks out on this and says that there's no hard feelings, that everything's going to be good. I'm also not surprised that he and Vladimir Tarasenko had a conversation. I, you look at kind of natural leaders in terms of the game, I, I would put Ryan O'Reilly in that, uh, in that conversation. And it's not really a surprise as to why he was the successor to Alex Petrangelo, Uh, in terms of captaincy with the St. Louis Blues. So uh, if if the players are are over it and they can put it past them and Vladimir Tarasenko shows up and he's able to play and play at a high level, then I I think the the entire locker room is just going to be glad to have Vladimir Tarasenko back at the height of his game.
0: Uh, Nothing to do with the hockey, but I follow this Twitter account that I find fascinating called Fact. Mm. Just simple, at Fact. Comes up with, uh, I don't know how much of it's really true, or how much of it is just meant to be entertaining. But uh, one of the tweets that uh, I saw yesterday said, lack of sleep can cause weight gain of two pounds in under a week. Did you know that? What? Like lack of sleep? you, you actually burn more important. Yeah, but you burn more calories when you're sleeping than when you're not getting enough sleep. I would've thought just being yeah. awake, you'd burn more calories than snoozing away.
1: Well, sleep is, is... Really complex, and and there's a lot of things that happen in internally. It just in terms of what your body goes through. So sleep is very much important, and and kind of, I don't want to say stressful in the body, but a lot of things are happening when you sleep.
0: I can't wait to tell my family. I'm trying to lose weight here. Leave me alone. Wow. Who has a nap? Look at you. Like, do you think I can get away with that?
1: I mean, it's a fact, right?
0: Right. I'll just hold up that. Tweet. Yeah. Um, uh, do you guys hear about uh, Matthew Kachuk's comments regarding Brady? And this is before Kirill Kaprizov signed the five-year deal for forty-five million dollars, which is nine million-dollar cap hit. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Kachuks are laying down the gauntlet to the More Ottawa team. Senators.
1: I didn't. I didn't see Matthew's comments, but I, I want you to give them to me and and you know do it as as great as you can
0: so um here's matthew kachuk talking about uh what's going on with brady kachuk and he said uh yeah he's involved he's involved with what brady kachuk's going through all the kachuks are and brady kachuk isn't uh as um hard-nosed as matthew and and walt are so Mm -hmm. they've kind of picked uh, picked up Brady and got into the to the ring with him on this and Matthew says he knows everything that's going on with it and he's not happy with uh, with the offer that's come from the Ottawa senators and things are <laughs> gonna have to change before uh, before anything ever comes to the course of signing that contract and he, he didn't mince mince words and I was I was quite impressed with the bluntness from, from Matthew Kachuk, who by the way plays for the Calgary Flames and by the way is going into the last year of his contract at the cap hit of $7 million. He missed summer training camp when he signed that current deal. His dad actually signed an offer sheet when he played for the Winnipeg Jets, signed an offer sheet with the Chicago Blackhawks. The Kachuks are not easy to get a deal done with, but yeah. they're also incredibly valuable players and uh, And this back and forth with the Ottawa Senators uh, is getting a little bit... There hasn't been a lot of nastiness in it from what Mm -hmm. we've heard from the Pierres in in Ottawa. But (laughs) Matthew Kachuk seems to indicate that uh, things aren't as rosy. As he said, they're not even close. How true that is, I don't
1: know. Yeah i mean i'm shocked that the offer on the table from the ottawa senators is not where it needs to be for brady kachuk i'm shocked that Mm -hmm. that ottawa wouldn't have a a, an offer out there that is probably market value so do you think
0: do you think eight years with eight million dollars per is fair
1: i i mean i think that's that's in the ballpark like like if i'm brady kachuk that's something that I need to see, and if I see it, I should—I I would probably sign it, yeah.
0: Should be right in the range. Yeah. But does he have more leverage with Ottawa than Kaprizov had with the Minnesota Wild? I think there's a little bit there. Yeah. I'm not sure he signs for $8 million per if he gets an eight-year really? deal. I think it's after this today. I think it's yeah. close to nine. And and uh, Matthew went on then to say, it. look, Brady's Brady's worth $8 million a year. He's going to be your captain. He's worth $8 yeah. million a year. In three years, he, he's going to be totally underpaid. So, like, let's go. Let's do it. If, so, if he so has for think, nine think, plus, I don't know whether it would be the
1: You think eight by eight would have been a signable deal before Kaprizov?
0: I would have put it in the ballpark, but I'm not yeah. surprised it's it's not signed. And it sounds okay. like it's been there for a while. You know, really, the, the okay. whole the whole uh, negotiating strategy. One of the big lessons is never lead with your best deal. <laughs> <laughs> but but the Kaprizov contract for forty five million dollars over five years. That sounds like. Exactly the deal that was on the table for three or four weeks ago.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: And they just let it sit there. Eight you years don't like- eight years, eight million dollars. Look, that's an obscene amount of money. But yeah. for Brady Kachuk and where that franchise is, uh I think you're gonna have to pay more. I, I think you're gonna be in the nine range for, for uh for Brady Kachuk when it all is said and done.
1: I don't, I don't necessarily view that as a bad thing or a loss for Ottawa. Like, you've got a player that I think is extremely marketable. He plays the game in a way that, that a lot of the fans are going to be able to identify with and, and get behind. Uh, you, you sign him for eight years. You know he's sticking around, well, at least until you have to trade him. Uh, and you've got him in the prime of his career from age 22 to 30. So, I mean, like... I would I would be comfortable going eight by nine for Brady Kachuk, knowing that he's going to be my next captain, knowing that he's going to be the face of the franchise over that time span. I don't have any issue with that whatsoever.
0: Who's a better player, Brady or Matthew?
1: I I think they're very, very similar. Um I, I I'd rather I don't have Matthew.
0: Know. He's older, he's more what, experienced.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I I think Brady and Matthew are kind of like when it's all said and done, and you kind of look at their career arc over time, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be very, very, very similar.
0: I asked that is because he's Matthew's who who said all this stuff about Brady and how involved the whole family is in the contract negotiations. And anybody that follows hockey knows that deals with the Kachucks are hard to come by. And I I, Mm -hmm. I don't begrudge them at all about that. Uh, I consider Walt a friend. But. Matthew's got one more year left on his contract. I think, <laughs> I think at the deadline, if things aren't going right for Calgary, he could could be in play. And if he's were if he's making seven now which Matthew is, and we're talking nine for Brady, what's Matthew's next deal worth? Is it nine? Is it nine and a half? It's going to be a fight to get there. As as one player or one uh, person in the hockey world told me today. Tough negotiations are are life. Like you got to get over it. Yeah, it's going to be what it is. Uh, but you're getting a heck of a player. Uh, the, you might see two brothers making nine to ten million dollars a year, and I think they're both worth it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I I don't I don't disagree with you in, in terms of Matthew Kachuk, Like I I think that he's right around that number. He's right around that ballpark. He. Mm-hmm. The way he plays the game, as you mentioned, he's he's older. He's a bit older than, than Brady. He's got more experience. But you know, the the avenue I think for Brady to secure that contract because of where he plays, because there's really not much else that the Ottawa Senators are, are really needing to spend money on, versus Matthew trying to get that in, in you know somewhere else. I I don't know. It's interesting, but both guys are, are worth. Worth some money. Both guys are, are are guys you want on your team. Oh yeah. Um, but Matthew so Matthew's I,
0: public comments are very uh, strategic here. When he sure. can turn around and go, okay, that Kachuk got eight or nine. I'm the better Kachuk. I deserve ten. The the comparables. Just look at the, the the brothers. Now it's it's close between the two of them. But I I, I love it, and I love the fact that uh, that he was speaking up Those are your one-timers for this Tuesday, September season on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. What are you guys doing Thursday morning, 10 o'clock?
1: Well, I guess I'm going to be sitting next to you watching practice.
0: Hanging out, watching VGK training camp. Uh, yeah. Media has been in City National Arena. And now we will be joined by all the fans as a uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, announcing today that uh, fans will be permitted inside City National Arena for the on-ice workouts uh, starting on Thursday, first time since before the pandemic, as we slide it over to Chris Chapman.
2: I bought my dog a Halloween costume today. That's uh, catching up with no. Chapman. No, um, no. My my dog. No. I have tweeted out pictures of her in the past, and uh, my... this
0: is another sign of how like you
2: have more no. money than
1: any of us. No, I,
2: I, I no Chapman, I don't.
1: But Chapman, I I can't I can't I can't do this, buddy. <laughs> Come
2: on. The 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 unfortunate thing is the costume I bought is too small, so I don't have to go back to the pet store and exchange it to get a bigger size. But that, uh, that
1: is way too much effort put into getting a a. What kind of dog is it for your dog? She's
2: a she's a lab hound mix. I think she's mixed with Bloodhound.
1: What's the costume?
2: Peacock.
0: Oh. <laughs> I think dogs in costumes are pretty good.
2: Yeah, like like oh. I, I I brought it home and I and I tried it on her and she got all excited. It's it's weird. No my-
0: no 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 no. They, you, you lost me there. No no my no, no, my no, no, dog No, 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 no. like, like- no, the dog did not get excited because you dressed it up as a peacock.
2: If like I, if I put excited, like,
0: I'm, I'm, bu- I'm trying to buy into what you're doing, okay. but you can't sell me on the fact that the, you brought it home and the dog got excited because no, you had the, brought it home.
2: The dog likes to put on like bandanas and stuff, so I think she thought maybe uh, it was like, like she, really, she, yes. I, I, has I, the
1: dog asked you specifically well, to put bandanas on? Well, the
2: dog doesn't talk. She's not Scooby Doo. Well,
1: how do you know she likes it? Because
2: <laughs> because she wags her tail and she she smiles and she comes over close to me.
0: Okay, I don't I understand how you bought the wrong size.
2: Well, because I I asked the girl. I said, oh, my dog's about sixty well, sixty so five. Somebody else. Okay. Well, I asked her. I said, should I go with large or XL? She goes, well, your dog seems like she's a little on the smaller side for a lab, so maybe go with a large. And I took the large home, and it's not not big enough. So I don't
0: think sixty five is small for a
2: lab. Uh, she's she's probably somewhere between sixty and sixty five. Huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. when we were walking a lot last year, she was down to about 55, so she, she's put on some weight. But uh,
0: Now you're selling the dog out.
2: Well, now, <laughs> what, now that the weather's finally cooled off a little bit, we're going to start doing some walking a little, uh, again in the mornings, because she she really enjoys going what, for walks. Uh, what are so. the
0: previous costumes?
2: She's never had one. This is the first one.
0: Well, how do you know that she likes it, then?
2: Well, because she got all excited when when I she when I She wagged her tail,
1: Darren. And she came over... She was over getting and attention she, and wagged she, her tail. She, yeah, she was
2: licking me. So and, this
1: is when you first
0: came home with the costume?
2: Well, I took it out of the bag and I told her I said, "Oh, this is for you. This is for you." And
0: you you know what? You get stranger every single day. You
2: know what? I I know I know that you guys think I'm crazy, but but I bet there are listeners Not who... just because of this story. <laughs> I I bet you know what? I bet Stephanie thinks that it's cool that I'm going to no, put a costume on my dog.
0: I, I like the costume, okay. but you trying to sell me that the dog was excited because you brought home a costume the is th- weird. Th- I think the dog was excited your beautiful puppy was excited because you got home and you had something in a bag.
2: Okay, maybe, maybe maybe that was it. I mean, but she she was excited when I was putting it on her. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: this is why I got,
1: I got nothing.
0: We we let him talk. We <laughs> give him his own segment, his own show, right at the end of the program, uh, just so we can get this out of the way, so we don't get derailed. With this, well, I would program, never
2: bring but, this up during the regular show you know, unless we were talking about Halloween by the way, costumes. Catching
0: up with Chapman was initially supposed to be you just talking about something that in the show or uh, a sports <laughs> angle. It wasn't meant to be like Chapman's life.
2: Well, stories. I mean... It
0: was just it, what what did you want to chime in that we wouldn't let you chime in about what we talked about during the show, like Kaprizov or. Uh, um, fans being back seeing that. I'm Arena. excited
2: about about that. Um, and it wasn't
0: supposed to be about like, your vacuum, well, your robot vacuum the chasing around your dog that's dressed up as a peacock.
2: The Rumba. Yeah. By the way, Min- Minnesota Roomba. Wild come here Roomba. twice this year before both both times before Christmas. So we'll get to see uh, dollar dollar bill. Nope. Come <laughs> no. On.
1: Yeah. Oh no 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 dollar dollar bill Kareem. Come yeah. on, Chapman. Ryan, what are you doing, Ryan Wallace dollar, audition, dollar
2: auditioning for the new member of the Wu-Tang Clan.
0: Oh, we have a show tomorrow. Uh, who's on your Mount Rushmore for the VGK in 2021-22? Uh, give us your top four. Who are we putting up there? Stone, the coach, owner, who are we putting up there? And uh, we'll go through that tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Until then, be safe and remember, fans allowed back in the building on Thursday at 10 o'clock for the start of training camp. <laughs>